Where does creativity fit into compliance? In more places than you think. Problem solving, accountability, communication, and connection. They all take creativity. Join your hosts, Tom Fox and Ronnie Feldman on Creativity and Compliance, part of the Compliance Podcast Network. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox back again with Ronnie Feldman for another episode. And we're going to talk about one of my favorite subjects today, which is the use of internal social media for uh, compliance communications. As this is our first podcast of 2020, Happy New Year to everyone. Ronnie. Can you say Happy New Year when we're, you know, this far into the year? It doesn't feel quite right. We, uh, good to see, good to see everybody again. How's that? Good enough. Fair yeah. enough. So um, this is something that I think we both advocate, Ronnie, and social media, internal social media sites like uh, Yammer, Jive, Workplace uh, are ways to reach uh, employees and communicate employees with employees. And I think it's a vastly underutilized communication tool that every compliance practitioner after they listen to this podcast needs to go explore. What's been your experience with uh, these types of internal social media channels? Well, so I'm a big proponent of them uh, like you. And part of it is um, one of the things that I've been trying to do in in this community since I uh, launched learnings and entertainments is um, to try and think of different ways to increase the access to policies and resources and ethics and compliance other than the traditional LMS push. Um, And these are channels that currently are being used by the broader enterprise now. Like more and more companies have, you mentioned some of them, Slack, Yammer, Workplace, Jive, as a way they use them as a way to congregate groups in the way that we use social media in our everyday lives. So it's a way to – it's a, a group around a project. It's a group around a department. It's a group around uh, a, 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 new, uh, a, new, a new investment and a new resource. It could be – it's a way to congregate people. But ethics and compliance doesn't typically traditionally use that partially because – uh, it has not been a f- friendly resource. It has not been perceived as a friendly resource. Let's say it that way. Ronnie, let me stop you there. Is that because compliance is populated by lawyers who are scared of technology? Because I bet the minute they go home, they're on social media at home. I, I will never, I will never s- say that it's because they're lawyers. I mean, I, I believe that I, I do talk to a lot of, of lawyers and I do talk to a lot of compliance professionals. I can't tell you how many times people say, well, look, you're the creative. I'm not creative at all. And I go, that's not true. You're like, you're creative in different ways. And I actually feel like we should empower lawyers and non-lawyers alike in this community to try more creative things. Because to your point, they do uh, watch videos on YouTube and they do use social media uh, uh, in their own everyday lives. And so we now we have these channels in the workplace But ethics and compliance has traditionally not taken an advantage of it. Um, This is where, to me, the intersection comes between creating things that are short and interesting uh, come into play. Um, And the reason I say that is social media is built for short and interesting. So if you're just going to use these channels and post a policy, wag the finger at someone or or put out, you know, the poster that says, uh, you know, 
here's our helpline. You're not going to gather an audience that way because just like a regular social media, you have to put some stimulus out there that's interesting that gets people to want to join the group. So to me, that the way that ethics compliance can start taking advantage of these channels is to start um, using it like social media. So uh, a piece of stimulus could be a short video. It could be an interesting graphic or a GIF or a meme. It could be a contest. Um, it could uh, uh, it could be it could be um, uh, asking for feedback. Hey, we want to uh, we want to create some training that's uh, short and interesting. Um, what's the most interesting topic that's relevant to you? A, B, C, D. Different ways to push out some stimulus, ask for feedback, and then it becomes a way that you can have a dialogue with employees that you may not have had um, access to before. Ron, let me just see if I could take it in a little bit different direction um, with uh, Yammer or Chatter or some other Twitter-like tool, could you use really just the basic written or spoken word to create a conversation uh, which would uh, not only communicate from compliance, but more importantly, allow communication back to compliance so that if, uh, once again, this is internal, so it's not going out to the world, but couldn't employees communicate with a compliance function uh, through such manners? Couldn't they ask for advice couldn't they uh, have a designated time for the equivalent of a tweet up, a yammer up, or a chat up, where they uh, took on a specific topic around compliance, whether it might be code of conduct or uh, conflicts of interest or any other topic? Uh, they could, uh, with either a curated um, chatter or yammer jam, but, or even just open and have the employees kind of talk to each other. Wouldn't that be another way to engage? Well, so I love that idea. Um I guess what I'm what I'm harping on is that you first have to create an audience, so you have to attract people to this site uh, and let them know that these activities are going. So the first thing is how do you generate an audience? You got to put out interesting stimulus. So um, I'll give you a quick example, and, and then I want to come back to your point. So bring me back if I get lost in my own uh, <laughs> nonsense. Um, but uh, so I was working with a, a company, and we had. Um, created a little jingle uh, about speaking up, a little song about the importance of speaking up. Um, so it was just a little 30-second song in the same way that you have a song about, you know, selling carpet or, you know, whatever whatever the product might be on, on podcasts, TV, radio. So we created a, a jingle about speaking up. But what they did with it was really interesting. Now, this, this manager uh, of the Speak Up channel had curated an audience already. So to build his audience, he pushed out our little jingle, asked the audience to create a selfie video, lip syncing to that video, and re-upload re it back to the channel, promising prizes for the winner. So by creating this little contest over this little 30-second video that we spun up together in relatively no time, he generated thousands of employees participating in this fun contest. So now you got a whole bunch of people who are now part of this channel that you can then uh, do some of the things that you're talking about, which is um, bring up uh, maybe something controversial that's in the news and ask people to comment on it or ask people about uh, what's a, a, a policy that they're con 
concerned about or a beha- workplace behavior that they're concerned about. That's when those dialogues can occur after you've generated this, this audience. The, um, it sounds like perhaps even one other thing, Ronnie, was he, he self-created content that he could utilize in a, in a wide variety of manners going forward. Yeah, well, and, and to be fair, we created that content together, so he did enlist our help to do that. But they, th- that's irrelevant. It's immaterial. They created something interesting um, that was easily digestible and shareable. No, actually, I meant the content of the participation in the contest. Oh, yes. And, and that now he's got, got a um, library of content that employees themselves created that he could use, repurpose, and use in other campaigns uh, as well yeah well and it's it that that was a little tricky like i i love i love the effort i think that's it is a worthy thing to do sometimes people are squeamish about you know talking about such serious subject matter um, which is why the song kind of brought that out of them um because they were just doing a fun sing-along even though it was around a serious subject um uh but yeah like i love the idea of pushing something interesting out and asking for some response i worked with another client a couple years back where they pushed out a, a different kind of video, and it was just like pick the lyric that you liked the most, um, and then they started adding hashtags to it, so they could curate audiences around a hashtag around a fun lyric in the video. <laughs> um, or uh, you also could obviously do hashtags around policies too. So yeah, like I, on all the ways we use social media, these channels are built for that. So at the, at the risk yep. of being uh, uh, redundant, it's having lots of short, interesting things to ping people with and then start to use it in the ways that you use social media, interact with people. That's, that's really um, – so when I think of uh, social media, internal corporate social media, Ronnie, I tend to think of it as a communications tool or communications channel. But you're really suggesting a much broader use and perhaps a much more effective use because I hear you talking about employee engagement and engaging employees to participate in a conversation, not just simply by uh, talking or typing in a tweet or a yammer or a chatter, but actually uh, creating something, communicating that back out to the employee base and the uh, compliance group, and then perhaps even having uh, generating further conversation based upon that. You can always use these in a very uh, low-tech way, which is just you know, type up a question and ask for a response or, uh, you know, create a, you don't need necessarily a video to do those things, but these things are always better. It's always easier to engage employees if you've create, uh, puts a little bit more creativity around it. Um, an example I like to give for the, it's perfect for this medium is like, if you want to get Q and a with, uh, with employees, well, uh, I don't know what the modern day version of dear Abby is. Uh, what, you know, you people you would write questions in the newspaper, and then someone would give advice. So you could create a ethics and compliance character that provides advice, and then ask employees to ask questions to this character that can provide real advice. So that's a very simple way to solicit questions about real problems, uh, but have some creativity behind how you give advice on among those problems and. And lo and behold, you can create some dialogues around some pretty important issues. So a colleague that I do another podcast with, and he created Compliance Man. And we now have a podcast on Compliance Man, but he initially created Compliance Man 
exactly for that purpose inside of his corporation, Ronnie, so that uh, employees would engage with compliance man and compliance man would answer questions uh, exactly as the dear Abby would of days of yore. Yeah, it's pretty great. It's, it's super on the nose, right? Compliance man. <laughs> well, and for those who've listened to previous podcasts of mine, when we were doing our work with uh, BMO Financial, we created a character based on their um, uh, the tagline, which is words and actions matter. So we created a character called Actions Matterly. And we've continued to use that character to support um, their dialogue within their company. So it's the same concept. Um, we've been, maybe this is for another podcast, but we've been doing these kind of person on the street uh, videos with clients where we create a custom character for their ethics office and then go interview employees about their policies. And that's a fun way to generate content. Uh, we're getting a little far afield, but that's a way to generate content that's perfect for these social media uh, channels because social media is built for short, interesting, fun, and interactive. Unfortunately, we're near the end of our time, but uh, let me just pick up on your last point and wonder if you might be able to kind of summarize in, in a couple of quick points uh, how uh, a compliance officer can think about utilizing internal social media for their compliance program. Well, the, the, yeah, the, here's the point I would leave people with. It's not the end-all, be-all. It's an additional channel to reach people that you may not currently be reaching um, because these channels are, t- are often used by other departments already. Um, so let's use it as another way to reach people. Even if that message is not um, dense, maybe it's as simple as the ethics compliance is here for advice and support or we're the kind of company that speaks up or integrity matters every day, everywhere. Those simple messages are, are things that can be, uh, they're easy to digest and they can be pushed out. Um, so I think the channel is really good for that. And then uh, to sum up, um, use it as a way to interact. I love your idea. Use it as a way to interact and create um, channels of conversation um, where you can reach people in an informal way um, which is many ways is more effective than some of the formal, you know, training and LMS pushes that we tend to focus on. Well, uh, you want to tell our audience goodbye, Ronnie? Uh, goodbye, Ronnie. <laughs> Thanks for joining us for this episode of Creativity and Compliance. If you enjoyed the episode, make sure to subscribe and leave a review. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.